Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to Glocal News and Social Artistry. I'm your host, Dick Dalton. What I'm going to do to introduce the show uh, and the guest is to read a, a news uh, release. This uh, announcement came out May the 4th, announcing the winner of the Arnold Kreckel and James Milton Turner Youth Essay Contest celebrating German abolitionists of Missouri, Herman, Missouri. The Missouri Humanities Council, Cross-Cultural Strategies, Visit Herman, and the Deutschheim State Historic Site recently teamed up to explore and celebrate the remarkable contributions German immigrants made to the abolition of slavery in Missouri. This partnership led to the highly successful symposium on the shared history of German and African Americans in Missouri, held in Herman at the Festhal in February, on February 29th, to a crowd of 260 people. In addition to the symposium, these collaborators wanted to engage youth across Missouri in an exploration of this history that is little known. German immigrants to America before and during the Civil War took the lead in Missouri in fighting against slavery. Individuals such as Frederick Munch, Edward Mule, Judge Arnold Kreckel, and Herman's own George Hussman are a few of those early German immigrants that were advocates for the emancipation of slaves in Missouri. Judge Arnold Kreckel was a founding board member of Lincoln University and helped to raise funds for the institution along with James Milton Turner, an African-American Reconstruction era political leader and educator. Grace Craighead, a junior at Jefferson City High School, is the first place winner of the contest and will receive a cash award of $300. Grace will be featured in the Herman Advertiser Courier. Her essay will also be published for other students and teachers to review. Grace loves history and sports, especially golf, soccer, and basketball. And she is a member of the National Honor Society. For three years, she has received the Scholar Athlete Award and competed statewide in golf. Here's what Grace said about competing for this contest. I was surprised by how much of a role German immigrants played in Missouri in the push for abolition. I believe this history is important for all Missourians to recognize because it shows the power of people who stand up against what is wrong. Germans fought for abolition because of the threat it posed to democracy. And I think that everyone can gain something from that message. Despite backlash and protests, German immigrants fought for freedom democracy promised. And that is something to be learned from in all stages of life. This history is specifically something for Missourians to be proud of and embrace so we can carry on the fight against injustices today." End quote. Cecilia Nadal, president of Cross-Cultural Strategies, 
worked with the partners to develop a statewide contest campaign with support from the Rotary Club of Arnold and the Herman Lions Club. Cecilia commented, Grace is an extraordinarily well-rounded individual. We are delighted that she decided to compete with encouragement from Courtney Harrell, her history teacher at Jefferson High. Teachers are indeed the key to students stretching for depth in their understanding of history. The contest was judged by Ray Ham, a retired 30-year Herman history teacher, Muriel Bryson, executive director of River Bluff Industries, and Dr. Dina McCafferty, president of Jefferson College. For information on the Arnold Kreckel and James Milton Turner contest in 2021, or to get a copy of Grace's essay, contact Cross Cultural Strategies Incorporated at info at gitana, that's G I T A N A dash I N C dot O R G. So we have the pleasure today of conversing not only with Cindy Brown, who was the executive director at the Deutschheim, but with the high school teacher from Jeff City, uh, Courtney Harrell, and the winner of the essay contest, Grace Craighead. So to start, let's start with you, Cindy, and uh, just would you give us a feel for how this got started? Well, as with anything, it's a process, and Cecilia was a central part of that. Um, this actually originated with some research that was done by Dr. Cindy Norton, and she was collaborating with us at Deutheim, and uh, that resulted in um, an exhibit that occurred at St. Louis University and also at Deutheim and a catalog that resulted from that, which Cecilia had the opportunity to read and was inspired to write this magnificent play, which was uh, an amazing story. And it's the story of German immigrant abolitionists. And it was premiered uh, in St. Louis, but also played in Washington, Missouri and in Herman. And that had such an exceptional response in Herman. And Cecilia led a wonderful discussion after the play where people could with our history teacher who was recently retired, uh, Ray Ham there in Herman and others that were contributing stories about uh, the past in Herman, about Missouri Germans, um, their beliefs and their contributions to the state that we thought, well, what's next? And from that sprang the symposium. And on a committee along with several others, of course, that. Um, we're able to pull that together. We had some phenomenal speakers, um, performance of at least a, an abbreviated portion of the play for those who had been unable to attend it. And I, you were there, obviously you saw that. It was, it was inspiring. I had gone to see the play in St. Louis and came away just so impressed that it's like this needs to be seen throughout the rest of the state. From that, we also recognize there's a real need for this to get into the schools and for the young people to know that this is our Missouri history. And from that came the essay contest. So um, that was a, an intent on our part was to ensure that students were hopefully participating in the symposium, 
but more importantly, wanting to learn on this topic, because just for you, Dick, you said it was new, and Cecilia said it was new to her. It is a very little-known story. We talked about it every day at Deutschheim, because we do private, we do, you know, individual tours for guests that come, and we visit the, the printing press that was founded there in Herman in 1843, and who was one of the early advocates for the abolition of slavery, and the injustice, and the immorality, and everything else associated with it, that they were so surprised to find in America, and were so opposed to as a result. So that was not new to us, but it was just a wonderful opportunity to share this story. So um, it's very, very important. And Grace did a great job of capturing the importance of that when you spoke about how many of uh, Missouri citizens have German ancestry and how central this is really to a very formative part of our state history. I think Cecilia said, uh, at least back at the time, that, that the German population in St. Louis was like, 50% of the people came came close to that you're, you're very you're very right about that there was like 70 some thousand people and they were 20 some thousand so yeah it was a significant population of Germans had their own newspapers and uh, kept their language for some time and uh, quite a absolutely absolutely yes the first newspaper west of the of, of, of the Mississippi, uh, west of St. Louis, was actually in Herman, but the first one in uh, St. Louis, Anziger de Westen, was a German language newspaper. They were the first opponents to slavery. Uh, once it was established in Herman in 1843, then Edward Meal, the editor there, was very outspoken, and articles were picked up from one newspaper to another. It was uh, an early version of sharing the news, and so those opinions got spread throughout the country as a result, and they had very strong opinions and that influenced Missouri history. And I believe uh, from the booklet, I read that there was a German influence both in the legislature and in the military aspects of this whole process of... Absolutely, absolutely. You have an early um, immigration that occurs in primarily in the 1830s, and those folks were in Germany. Uh, some had been part of the student uprisings. Uh, some were coming for economic opportunity as well and coming to the United States. But then you have a second wave of immigration, which is the 48ers who had participated in failed revolutions in Germany. And so they came with that same spirit of uh, wanting to make a difference. They were experienced in the military. Um, they came with a, a passion for, for making this change in America when they found that there was uh, people who were treated um, in the same way where they were enslaved, uh, not literally held as slaves in Germany, but they felt enslaved by the oppression that they felt. Mm -hmm. And so the appeal of freedom was central to their urge to come to the United States. And uh, they gave up everything to come here, when you think about it, and starting anew. And then to come here and find that there were people that were literally held in slavery and without freedoms, uh, just was just morally uh, a bankrupt. And so they felt that they had to do something about it. And their experience and the passion they brought still as young people uh, was that they were going to make a difference. And they did. <laughs> and they did. Yes, and they did. A wonderful, wonderful story. Uh, enlightening, totally. So uh, let's go to Courtney in Jeff City High School. Uh, had you been teaching this story in the history of Missouri? 
not anything specific to Missouri. We have a lot of uh, the state standards. It's the big picture, but we do touch on the German immigrants um, and how they affected Missouri and what their role is and, and the, the skills and the artisanship that they brought back or brought to the United States. Mm -hmm. So how much have you learned about the role of the, the German immigrants in immigration and the abolition movement? I just wondered if this has been enlightening for you as well in, in this process. It has. Uh, it's one of those things, you know, we talk about how the Germans didn't support slavery, which is why they moved to Missouri instead of the other southern states. Um, but I didn't realize how entrenched they were in the movement. And uh, last summer I actually was in Germany with a friend and driving around, it was it was like being in Missouri with the landscapes and the farming and just the similarities. And so, you know, when I saw the email, it was like, oh, you know, we talk about Munichburg and Hartsburg and Hermann and, you know, just our German heritage, but we don't really study it in depth to know the, the specific impact. So it's been uh, enlightening to me, and I know how I'm going to change what we do in class a little bit. Mm -hmm. So let me back up just a minute, Cindy, to you. Uh, you <laughs> said you wanted to make sure that this got into the schools, and so... Yes there was the creation of an essay contest. That is, that is correct. And uh, the, the goal was to hopefully, um, as it evidently did, to incentivize some research to be done on this topic and more importantly, some critical thinking about why is this important? Why is it meaningful to today's world? I mean, the subject of immigration is a, is a much bigger issue on a, on a global basis. And so clearly this is part of the story too. Um, you know, there was um, oppression and persecution here because they were the other when they first came, regardless of their other beliefs um, and concerns for, for their forming a majority here. And you're right, they did form a majority in the legislature, you know, the radical, they were radical Republicans after the, the Civil War. Um, helped to elect Lincoln. Um, I mean, it was a, it was a very major impact. Um, and there was a, a nativist movement to say, if you weren't born here, you know, we aren't, you're welcome here. So they had to overcome that just as the Irish and others had to do. Um, but the shared history, which is what the symposium was about, which is the shared history between the African-American population and the German immigrant population is what we were wanting to explore. So the essay contest was intended to uh, stimulate thinking about that, stimulate research on the topic, because it helps bring understanding and context to current events, as well as an understanding of the significance of our past history. And frankly, the significance to our, our nation's history because Missouri entered the Union as a slave state, and yet, you know, it, 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 uh, it didn't secede from the Union, although the governor at the time wanted to. Um, uh, Claiborne Jackson was a, a secessionist. He wasn't elected on that, but he became one. And so uh, the Union uh, was heavily influenced by the Germans who volunteered. I mean, you think about it, you've just come here from a foreign country, and you basically volunteer to give your life for a, a principle, yeah. and they did, and they formed regiments in their own in their own numbers. I mean, uh, Missouri gave more uh, Germans joined here than in any other place, and they formed uh, a huge percentage of the overall contribution of soldiers to the cause. So it's a that's the reason for the essay is because uh, we do cover it in the schools, and I realize that uh, we we must you know teach to the standards and and get the big picture accomplished, but. 
I think it's real important to also understand our state history and the importance of our state history to our national history. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's so important, like in Herman in particular, but in all of the areas that have a heavy German uh, ancestry, that they recognize that this is your history. This is your families in many cases. And sometimes we just, time flies by and we lose track of who those people are and why they were significant and what they gave up and what they contributed. And so I think that once people understand that it resonates with them and then that personal connection uh, makes it all the more meaningful and maybe inspires our current, our current actions. Thank you, good. So Courtney, back to you. I had gotten an email from Cecilia asking if I knew anybody to pass this announcement of an essay contest onto. And I, uh, I'm a fellow actor with Jordan Hart. Uh, and so I, I said, Jordan, I, I, can you get this around? And uh, evidently he got it around because you got an email. And I suppose uh, many teachers got emails, I don't know. Do you know how that worked? Yes. Um, I know that it was forwarded onto me and, and that's usually a great way to kind of get the word out because there are so many different, you know, we get, I don't, you know, some of it's just junk mail, but a lot of the local stuff is, is the good stuff. And that's usually how it comes, comes through our doorsteps. And, and it's always great when we get local organizations that are providing that stuff because, you know, as Cynthia said, it's more relevant to the kids. It gives them an opportunity to, you know, feel more connected with their local history. Did you have to uh, make any special room in your curriculum for this, or was this extracurricular? This was extracurriculum. We had kind of, we passed the, the Civil War and the German immigration, and so with the, the time crunch, it was it was extra. So Grace went out on her own and did all the extra research and was able to do this on her own free time. Excellent, I'm pleased to hear that because that's what it's, it's gonna take. We had made a special effort to have this as part of Black History Month because in some cases, uh, particularly in a smaller community, it may not feel like it has the relevance, but yet historically it's very significant. So I'm glad Grace that you took the initiative. <laughs> Well, hello, Grace. <laughs> uh, hello. <laughs> here you uh, you got a a chance to enter a contest. Uh, yes. And you weren't gonna win a, a big car or the college uh, scholarship. What captured you about this uh, offer? Well, so Ms. Harrell emailed like our class about it and everything. And I, um, I have a twin sister and I've, I've entered essay contests in the past and I actually won the, it can wait one like in eighth grade, um, for texting and driving, like not texting and driving, but, um, and so my sister saw it first the email and then she was like grace you need to do this and so i was like okay <laughs> um <laughs> and then when everything happens like with corona i was like well i have free time so i was like i think i might as well just give it a shot i don't know so yeah and then i ended up learning a lot more than i thought i would so it was good <laughs> can you clue us in on how you at uh, your age 
in this 2020 timeframe, do research. How do you do research? Um, so I basically, like, I started with the prompt and everything, and then I kind of outlined how I wanted my essay to go and how, like, what points I thought I should make. And then I just kind of looked up online different resources mm -hmm. to, like, help with my body paragraphs and stuff. So then I just, I yeah, I just used online. So, mm -hmm. so I taught 30 years over at Lincoln. And I, I would have paper assignments, and uh, I, I was not real confident about how my students were researching. <laughs> so, so that's why I'm asking, uh, uh, do you just uh, Google uh, German immigrants, uh, or how, kind of get, can you get a little specific with me here? Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would Google, like, so say I like I wanted kind of like a hook for my introduction or whatever. So I thought, okay, okay, certain statistics would maybe capture my audience somewhat. So I was like, well, let me see what kind of German heritage like makes up Missouri or the percentage of that. And so then I just looked up and found I uh, multiple resources on that. And so then I would mm -hmm. do that for example, but yeah. <laughs> well, I, I find it interesting already that you wanted to find a hook for the first paragraph. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's marvelous just to hear that you had it in your mind how you wanted to appear to the reader of the essays as they came across you know, here comes a thousand different essays. How is yours going to stand out? So you were going with the uh, the the demographic data driven hook, and it worked. Yes, sir. <laughs> you did. Yes, <laughs> <I guess>, apparently. <laughs> okay, so we got the hook. What happens next? Okay, we we're going we're going to paragraph two. What what uh, what do we need to 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 tell your reader about? <laughs> um, well, Mrs. Dahl said that she would um, get it to you once it's officially published. So I don't know when that will be, but that is what she told me in our phone call. But <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. Thank you for so, that. So, <laughs> like the first paragraph after I basically talked about like why did German immigrants come to Missouri and everything and I gave a reasoning for that and like kind of explained their history just coming to Missouri and then like I kind of got into the meat of why they stood for abolition and then what steps they took towards that and then their lasting impact in Missouri and like for the country as a whole I guess. I get the impression that you don't have a German heritage yourself. I'm not, no, sir. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it was not a passion on your part to find out about your ancestors. It was a, a different way that you went into this different, this contest. Correct. How many pages did you have to write? Was it a thousand words? Um, 
It was the 1200 word count. And so I literally wrote, so we submitted it and then I found out that I was a semi-finalist and the judges gave me notes to like revise it. And oh. so, but I still had to keep it within the word count limit. And so I, you know, revised it and everything. And then I kept it like it was, it took me hours to get it down to the 1200, but I got it down to exactly 1200. So that was very stressful, but <laughs> it worked out, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I wrote a book and I, I, I know what it means to get a, edit it down to the essence that you really need <laughs> uh, to yes. get the point across. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So that uh, that was interesting to know that they gave it gave some notes back to you to tweak it to to get it in a, a final form. Uh, yes, that, sir. That was very kind, I think, <laughs> uh, of them, and actually gave you a chance to uh, get it in your mind a little bit deeper. Yes. Yeah. So the big question: Does this have any thing to do with some kind of direction in your future. Do you see this? I'm not sure. I mean, I do, like, I like history and everything. I think the main reason I entered it was just an opportunity for, like, practicing writing and everything. I, I really enjoy writing, and so I think journalism is probably a path I want to go down. I'm not sure exactly what I want to do, but that's probably the direction I'm headed, I guess. <laughs> or creative writing uh, in other ways. You may write a, a book before you're out of high school. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, I have a, I actually have a book that I want to ask the three of you about. It really doesn't have much to do with this subject but it's titled The Immortal Life of Henrietta Locks. Anybody know that title? Dun, 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 no, dun, I do Maybe we should. <laughs> yeah. Tell us more about it. Well, it was uh, the big one-read book a couple of years, uh, maybe 10 years back by now, 10 years probably. And the reason I bring it up is because there was a student just a couple of years older than you, Grace, that was in a college classroom, a biology class. And on the board, there was a picture of a black woman. And underneath was some caption about Gila cells, H-E-L-A cells, and that they were important in biology and in research. People all across America were getting that same presentation of HeLa cells. But it was one young girl who wondered, who was that woman in that picture? Hmm. Did she have a family? And just the curiosity that she had 
sparked enough of a search that took her on a 10-year path of investigating the history behind HeLa cells, which turns out to be named for Henrietta Locks, L-A-C-K-S. And it opened up a whole multicultural engagement of, of it was almost like a, a movie of intrigue and, and this and that. And, <laughs> an amazing book. So uh, I, I, I'm thinking of it because you were the one that was captured by the asset. Well, maybe your sister. I'll have to give credit. <laughs> She'll take the credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> but she was a twin, so, you know, that's pretty close. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's amazing just to keep in mind how some little question of curiosity in one's own mind can lead you into a path that, that unlocks so many amazing secrets that you never knew were there to begin with. And, 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 Courtney, for you, in that same regard, a, a book like The Immortal Life of Henrietta Locks, it's a history book. And it... Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so now that you described it, I know why it sounds so familiar is because our AP biology students actually read it. And All they get right. so excited about it. Yeah, so so every every time I've got kids in that class, I'm like, you know, how do you like that book? And the, and they get really excited about it. And um, you know, the uh, the painting dedicated to her. Actually, if you look at her dress, her dress is in a pattern of the cells that they found in their research. Oh. And so you know, the, the kids they really do like that that book. So it's a good you know historical science and inspiration yeah. book to them. Yeah, it brings all kinds of areas together, which is really what our education, I, I think, Cindy, that's partly what uh, Cecilia Nadal is all about, is bringing <laughs> cultures together, engaging in these kinds of investigations and, and conversations. Very much so. And that was part of what we found in the discussion that we had after the play. And I know in my discussions with Cecilia, she uh, certainly is interested in education. And I'm real interested in, in getting, you know, Courtney's viewpoints on how we can do a better job of ensuring that students and, and you, Grace, as well, uh, because all of these have, every story has all these interesting facts. I mean, I found when I was uh, first starting, I'm not a historian by, by background necessarily, uh, but the story of, of the German immigrants was so fascinating. And the deeper you dive into it, the more interesting stories you find and the, 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 the facts of each person and what they went through uh, is, is just compels you to dig into it further. And, and pretty soon you feel like you know that person and you have to know more about them. And, and that is really the beauty and the joy of doing the research. Like you were having to start online, but you just start with a, a dry statistic and then you drill down into that statistic and you find out, well, what's the meaning of this? And that's the, the critical thinking part of it. I think that uh, Cecilia is so supportive of and, and that I think sounds like you're trying to do there in your classes, Courtney. So Courtney, have, have you ever seen this? I know it's backwards to you, but have you ever seen this booklet? 
I have not. No, but it looks like something I would read. <laughs> the exhibit catalog. That's the one that's here. Yes, that, that's one that is near and dear to my heart. <laughs> Tell us about we'll it. We'll get you a copy. Yeah, seriously. Um, well, no, seriously, it, it, it's the work of uh, Dr. Sidney Norton from St. Louis University. Uh, Dr. Norton was um, um, doing research and came out to Deutschheim State Historic Site, which is how she and I met. Uh, she was interested in seeing our um, newspaper. So uh, this is a printing press that was used for the publication of the Freund, which was uh, the Friend of Light, which was a rationalist and free-thinking newspaper published in Hermann in 1843 when they moved there to join the community, and was followed by the Hermann Revolkenblatt, which is German, the weekly news. And uh, beginning in 1853, they began the publication of Uncle Tom's Huta, Uncle Tom's Cabin, uh, which had only been published, uh, of course, the year before, and they were working from a, a German translation. So, um, Grace, if you're thinking of journalism, I mean, there's history here that, that ties to the topic that you wrote about. Uh, and so when people come to the site, uh, Jewish time stays and see the typecase that Edward Meal, the editor, uh, brought with him when he moved from Cincinnati to come to, uh, to Herman and, and establish this press, it starts to make it relatable. You know, you see who these people are. So from that, Sydney uh, did more research, uh, just as you were doing there, Grace, uh, although in, in much more depth and ended up creating this exhibit that I mentioned earlier that launched at St. Louis University and then came out to, to Deutschheim. And we did an exhibit catalog, which is the German immigrant abolitionists fighting for a free Missouri. And it goes through and explains basically um, who were these folks? Um, who were the principal players? What was significant about um, their time in Missouri? What did they bring to the fore? And that's both the African-Americans that were significant as well as those that were the German immigrants. Um, Arnold Kreckel, which is why the essay contest uh, was named for him, uh, was the St. Louis Demo or St. Charles Democrat, um, a German language newspaper that was founded in the 1850s. Um, so that catalog is the result of the exhibit and it also is tied to the play and it also is tied to the symposium and I hope we'll have a very long life uh, so that it also ties to many future events. Uh, we will have future essay contests on this topic so make sure other students know in the future because this is just part of un uncovering information and learning about this time in our history and this important shared history that frankly most people don't know and it's in delving into it and understanding it that we gain better appreciation for the roles everyone had in forming our history. Yeah, Grace, you could probably get a bootleg copy and <laughs> save it for a student next year and, you know, probably get some mileage out of that because that'd be really good <laughs> research information. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> uh, so, Grace, what year are you going to be in the fall? I will be a senior. Okay. And uh, you say that you haven't completely made up your mind as to what kinds of uh, school or major you're going to have, which is, I think, quite healthy at the time of life you're in right now. Uh, but if I could, can you all talk a little bit about cross-cultural engagement that you could 
see happening at school or with school and community or with populations that are different uh, talking about this very subject? Because I don't think our African-American population knows about this. I don't know that our German population knows that much about it. We've got a lot of folks with uh, those uh, heritages going on right now in the Jeff City, Columbia, mid-Missouri area. How can you all um, use your new <laughs> newfound victory here <laughs> to help um, in promoting some more communication? That's my challenge to you now. Any ideas? I would say that it is a, a significant challenge um, and it's something that you, you've got to do step by step. And it's one of those things we talk about national, national museums, but it's really the local museums that have more relevancy. And, and I can't tell you how many kids can't even tell you where the Cole County Historical Society is. Um, and so I think, you know, for me, what's possible for me is to start in the classroom and, and to integrate this a little bit more uh, with the curriculum so that way the students can have these conversations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Grace, you have not met Cecilia Nadal, have you? No, sir. I've had a phone conversation with her, but I've not personally met her. <laughs> well, uh, Cindy? Yes. It, it seems like you know, Cecilia is the kind of woman that loves to mentor people. I, I'm, I'm just seeing a bit of a mentorship that could come in some way. I, definite, definitely. Um, and, and one of the things that I think uh, she does very effectively, and that is through the play. And one of the things I would hope to see, and I'm seeing story, uh, could be played not only as it launched in St. Louis and was in Herman and in Washington, but should be in Jefferson City and should be in Columbia and should be all throughout, through in St. Charles and in Kansas City. That play, uh, Cecilia was so effective in bringing through, again, personalization and understanding those characters, but telling a historical story that touched your heart. And so that then you were receptive to the message to think about these are real people, because she's basing it off of real people, even though she has to dramatize it a bit because we don't know exactly what they said, but she's basing it off historical facts. And it was very true when I was in the St. Louis audience, I went to see what the play was because I knew Cecilia was working on it, but I hadn't seen it. I wanted to go see it for myself. It was standing room only. And that happened by word of mouth mm -hmm. because the word got out that this is really great. You need to come see this play. And I was there on the very last series of, you know, the weekend when it was available on a Sunday. Uh, and from that, I was like, this this needs to go on to be in other communities, which is how we brought it to Herman and how then it went to Washington. And uh, I know that there's um, a, a goal to have that throughout. And that could be an engagement. I would love to see it presented at schools. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it it's, a it's hard to fit into a curriculum, perhaps, or is it become an extracurricular activity, which it sounds like you had to do even with the essay. Mm -hmm. And I know there's so many competing demands on students' time and activities as young people, et cetera, but it really is important because this is part of how we live our lives every day because we engage with people that are not necessarily from our own 
group. And so how do you understand what we have in common and what we have differences about? And that's what they were discovering when they came over in the 1800s and they get off of a, a ship and they go, well, I don't understand what's, what's going on here. What is this? You know, and, and then they're having to learn. And uh, in, in like manner, the, the African-Americans were learning, well, who are these German people? And, and they learned that they could trust them. They could go to them and that they wouldn't be turning them in. They were um, in opposition to the fugitive slave laws and the other, they were, they were safe. And so there, there's this shared history that you're exactly right. There were people in the audience in St. Louis. It was a diverse audience and there were probably an equal number of uh, probably folks that were German uh, descendants. Um, some very clearly were, they were speaking German. So <laughs> I know they were, and as well as African-Americans, all different age groups from, from very young to old. And you could tell everyone was very moved by the play. I was, and uh, the same held true when we were in, in Herman, uh, very engaging. It brought forth stories that people knew from their families to say, well, back in, you know, my grandpa told me this story and, and, and this, this is how things were handled then and uh, how that they were welcomed, that they knew they could come to Herman and they, it was okay to, to, to shop there. Or they were welcome to, to come and, and be in that community, uh, even though there weren't a lot of um, African-Americans that lived in Herman then, uh, but there were a thousand plus that were enslaved across the river in Montgomery County this before the Civil War. So you have this contrast that you have to learn about and say, um, I think getting, getting that drama in schools, because people can relate to those stories, um, would be important. I'd, li I'd like, to, I think Cecilia would, and what she's doing through cross-cultural strategies um, is important work. We had wonderful support through the Missouri Humanities Council, uh, which has assisted us in exhibits and in other symposiums, and, and they helped us with this as well. So um, those are the things that are important. I think you've, you've got to engage the community. Wonderful. So uh, you all have some things to think about in uh, Jefferson City uh, High School and beyond. Uh, another keen interest of Cecilia is critical thinking in education. Grace, can you comment on critical thinking and what that means to you and whether or not you see that being emphasized in your classes? Critical thinking. Um, I definitely, yes. So I am in a bunch of AP classes and I think what are those? that is something that um, advanced placement classes for uh, like college prep kind of, I mean, they're just, they're higher level classes. And so I'm in Ms. Harrell's um, AP United States history class. But um, I think they're definitely the type of classes that stress critical thinking. And I know um, my history classes, I took AP uh, European history last year and I'm taking AP US this year and AP language. And so I think those classes definitely stress critical thinking, especially like AP Lang, um, we have multiple essays that we have to write and everything and the exams for those tests are written essays that you have to write in a certain amount of time with just a standard prompt. So I think that's definitely stressed in the classroom because we have to practice for those types of things. 
And it's really important, I feel like, because I think it helps with not only just exams and stuff, but also in the real world, once I go to college or even even now it helped because, I mean, I entered this essay contest, so it was good. Right. But I mean, I yeah, I think it's definitely stressed in the classroom for advanced classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure like some of my non-AP classes, not necessarily, but that's kind of what you expect. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, <laughs> I think the AP classes and teachers definitely go above and beyond. Uh, Courtney, would you agree? I definitely would agree. So, you know, Grace is in my ass and, and I push them a little bit harder. You know, I'll give them a prompt. You know, you, you're a secretary, you're working for the Secretary of State, you know, 1920, here's your position on foreign policy. You have to create one based on the facts. Um, I still stress, you know, critical thinking even in my non-AP classes. And it's 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 an important skill for people to have. And, and history is one of those topics where people don't appreciate it until they're older. And trying to get the kids to understand that it's not just memorizing facts or dates, that it's you have to understand what happened. And and we can't expect anyone to change society and to, you know, create cross-cultural uh, interactions if, if they can't understand why things are the way they are, because they have to have the critical thinking skills to know how to improve it. And so it's, it's something that we struggle with because it's not an easy thing to teach. And, and the part of it is, you know, motivation um, and, and trying to get kids to, to want to understand. So in our world today, it's difficult for me. It's difficult for Cindy. It's difficult for each of us to know exactly what's going on because there are so many people representing what they think is going on, and they seem to be passionately right, (laughs) at least in the way they present it. Are there some basic critical thinking kinds of skills that you are working on? Like, what what does critical thinking mean when you're watching the news, for instance? Um, Well, in my government class, we, I actually have them take a liberal news source and a conservative news source, and then they have to pull out, you know, what are the facts and how they're interpreting it. Uh, But our school district has pushed a lot on literacy. And so that's something that uh, I utilize to help them get the perspective. And so, um, you know, Grace will do this when we're reading a document, you know, an old, you know, secondary source, a primary source, you know, what's their purpose, what's their audience, what's their point of view, you know, what is their agenda. And so hopefully those skills, they can apply to more contemporary issues mm-hmm. is the goal. Mm-hmm. I, I just had a, a remembrance of a situation yesterday. My daughter had, had uh, shared a, a YouTube video of an interview And the person being interviewed was sort of the expert. And uh, it was about uh, biology and and the world, and it was going to end up talking about COVID-19. And he said a couple of things, and I I just had a little caution. And then he he put on the screen 
a research document. Now, it was only there for like four or five seconds, right? But I went <coughs> back and I paused and I read where it was from. I Googled it. It came right up. I was able to read the abstract. I was able to read the different sections of the research. And I think I learned from that research document that he was exaggerating <laughs> a particular point. He was conflating an idea, in my opinion. But my opinion was based on what? A what do you call that? Source document? Yes. Where I went back to the source of where he was talking from. However, when I shared that, it was like maybe mm, I had missed the point. <laughs> it was like, you know, when you start doing that critical thinking and somebody else has already gone past that, oh, well, that's, you know, that, well, it's, um, so anyway, it, it's hard to do critical thinking even when you are attempting to do critical thinking because you're looking for one thing <laughs> and you have to kind of wade through a bunch of other stuff to get to that one point uh, that is critical. <laughs> anyway, I, I, it's a challenge for all of us. And uh, I appreciate that you're, you're, Courtney, giving students the challenge to do it. And, and Grace, you're picking up on these prompts that you keep talking about. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm in uh, community theater, so uh, it's sort of like a cue or a, a, a prompt. Okay, okay. It's time, your time to go on. Anyway, any comments that you have? Well, Dick, I yeah, go ahead. Dick, you have a good point, though. Part of what you're describing is discussion that has to take place so that you gain benefit of the perspective that hopefully multiple people have done critical thinking on and say, well, I got this point of view and you got this point of view. And it sounds like you're doing that in the classroom. Those things are critical because from that you gain understanding. You may not always agree, but at least you understand their position. And then you can explore the facts and come to some other understanding as a result of your shared discussion. Which is kind of a nice thing about Zoom calls is because you can actually have a discussion. Whereas yes. if you're doing it on email, it's, it's a, or a, a text message here and a, <laughs> you know, it's really hard to, to make, uh, make that happen. So this is, this is a good uh, vehicle. Well, plus you can see people. Yeah, it is. Yes. You can see one another too. That part. Yeah. It's not just a, a voice. Yes. Yes. Well, we have just a couple of minutes left. Uh, do we have any uh, any points that you would like to expand on, Grace? Um, if you if you have just a minute, Dick, I'd like to at least Cindy. mention if there's anyone interested in the in the play. You know, an amazing story that Cecilia Nadal had written. Mm -hmm. I'm sure she would love to hear from folks. And if you wouldn't mind sharing her like. E emails info at jatana-inc.org, Cecilia Nadal, and I'm sure she would be happy to discuss with anyone the potential to 
have the play hopefully once our we return more to normal and we can again go to the theater that that would be something that i think would have great benefit to um all people so you're saying cecilia that's c-e-c-i-l-i-a nadal mm -hmm. n-a-d-a-l at yes g-i-t-a-n-a dash i-n-c dot org Yes, although for the purposes of her email, it's info at jatana.org. But her name, yes, is Cecilia okay. Nadal. Yes, no, you're, I appreciate you doing it. It's at Cross Cultural Strategies, Inc. And uh, I know that uh, there's interest in the play already uh, in several communities. So she's uh, looking at how to put together bookings. And I think that's an excellent vehicle to stimulate discussion. And then we'll, of course, have an essay contest. So for those of you at schools, uh, particularly where you, this is a, a way of, of incentivizing students, um, this would be a great opportunity to start that critical thinking on this topic and hopefully others, but uh, this shared history in particular. Right. And, you know, there probably are concentrations of uh, people with German ancestry whether it be in churches or in different uh, groups, I'm, I, I, none come to mind at the top of my head. Uh, but these discussions or ways to, uh, say for instance, Grace, if you got invited to the Rotary Club, I don't know if there's a, you know, it's a German ancestry thing, but, but the idea of someone inviting you there to talk about your paper or your, what you learned, uh, that's a way of just planting some seeds, getting that information out to a local uh, place. There may be a, a, a place in the school uh, where in a, you know, there could be discussions about this in a club or I, I don't, again, I don't know what you all have going, uh, but be creative. Think about ways that you can get the word out and get discussions going and, and, uh, what would be the purpose of a discussion again? Why, why are we studying history? Because it repeats itself. <laughs> we learn from it. <laughs> I'm always struck by how many times ago we've covered this issue, how many times this was a problem when and again then and again then. What have we learned from this and how can we next time do a better job of it? So oh my gosh, they were struggling with this during the time of the, our, our founding fathers and they were still struggling like the issue of slavery has been an issue from the time that we first were founded as a country. And it isn't until you have that perspective of the whole breadth of that that you suddenly say, this is not new. And what have we learned from that? So that's where the, the thinking you have to, you learn from, yes. Uh, there's another area, totally off topic, but it's history. Uh, Courtney, you're familiar with the uh, Iroquois League uh, up in the New England area from 1100 or so to 1800 and how they had a democracy, right? Yes. yes. Grace is aware of that one as well. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, that's a whole nother area that so many people don't know about. Uh, so we have, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're 
getting our young folks include in on uh, Dagana Wida and uh, the uh, the great stories of democracy and and what was the role that women played in that grace? You remember what role women played in that uh, organizational structure they had? Did they have any power? I'm pretty sure it was more matriarchal, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what I was, okay. Like maybe the women were the ones that elected the chiefs. Is that, yeah. does that ring a bell? Oh, yeah. they had a right to vote. <laughs> for, for 600 years in their democracy, women had a right to vote. <laughs> and old Ben Franklin just didn't have a way to get that point across to uh, all those men at the convention there. Well, like well, I said. That just goes back to what Cynthia was saying. We don't learn from our history. We've got, you know, over and over again. <laughs> okay, well, women. Uh, look who's here. Who's in charge of this? You all are. So take it away and uh, change our world for us, will you? Try. <laughs> okay. Thanks for being with us today. And uh, this is Cindy Brown, Courtney Harrell, and Grace Craighead. Is that right? Did I have it right that time? All right. Good, thank you again. And uh, as I end the show, I say, uh, remember folks, wherever you are, that is your world. So please leave your world cleaner, more peaceful and more loving than you found it. Because if it is to be, it is up to us. Take care, talk to you soon. <laughs>